Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me today is the one, the only, Justin Virgin Bat Evangelista. What's up, baby? I'm here. I'm back. Oh, God, yeah. It feels so good. It feels right. It feels right. How's it going, Justin? You know, just, uh, just coming by. Coming by on the show. Had, had you know, to come in. You know, I missed you guys. Had to say hello to all your loving and adoring fans. I understand. Thank you. I understand. It reminds me of our first show, Justin. Do you remember the yeah. first monologue we, we, we chatted about? Hmm. No, dude. There's been so many monologues. I have no... I, dude. You're like, you talk about so much stupid crap. I don't remember. Come on. You do. But I always know how it, how, how, how you tie it back in. So you gotta, if, you gotta, that, if, we, that, if that's worth something. The yarn we weave, Justin. Well, um, we, were he- we were talking about millennials getting heckled. Oh, my that? God. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millennial. Yeah. Basically, and that's where the Zebo. Exactly, exactly. We were talking basically how older individuals just blamed everything wrong on millennials. Well, Justin, I don't know if you noticed. You know, you're busy. You got a lot of things going on, but the generation wars haven't got any better. Hmm. And this time... No. This time, it's millennials and Zebos tagging up, getting together, the two against each other. I actually saw a meme... That was Lord of the Rings, and one of them was uh, an elf, and the other was a uh, dwarf. And they were like, I never saw uh, each other coming together and fighting. And they were like, yeah, but it's against them. And it was the it was the orcs, and they were the, the baby boomers. Yeah, Blame. that's how bad it is. They came together, Justin, the Zebos and the Millennials, to go up against baby boomers. Yeah. 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 That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Now, this is shot to global attention because last week... Uh, Chloe Zorbrick, a member of the New Zealand Parliament, she was giving a speech. She's giving a speech on climate change, very important subject. And while she was giving this speech, she was heckled by one of the older members of Congress. You know, they're blah, 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 you know, just what? saying stuff, which she exactly s- so swiftly, so smoothly was just like, okay, boomer. Word. And just held up a hand, okay, boomer. And then just kept talking. Wow. And okay, I was like, boomer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's now, it's a catchphrase, Justin. Okay, boomer. That's basically. What, okay, boomer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Which uh, I do have to say, first of all, this this new uh, this new war that has came up. First of all, I don't like it um, because they've started calling <laughs> Generation Z folks as Zoomers. Wait, what? You know, a play on Zoomers. Yeah, a play on Boomers. boomers. And I'm like, uh, guys, I don't know if you know, but two years ago, this show created Zebos. All right, they are we did Zebos, not Zoomers. Okay. Jeez. I mean, come on. Zoomer sounds like some kind of drug that Johnny Cash did back in the 60s. That's all right. It does not sound like a generation. He might have. Zoomers, right? Been up all night on Zoomers. Let's get this record done. It's weird. So true. But 
So anyways, Justin, this has exploded. Everybody talking about it. It it is really it's amazing how anger uh, angry it has made older individuals. Hmm. Baby boomer generation did not like this dismissive okay boomer at all. Nope. They are furious about it. They do not like it. That's right. In fact, one guy, Bob Lonsberry, I think Lonsberry, hmm. uh, he's a radio host. He actually tweeted okay. he tweeted out a comparison. Of OK Boomer to using the N-word. Word. What? Yeah. Yeah. Which I got to respond. Nope. Not the same. <laughs> not the same. This is not it. And I got to say, if, if Bob was looking to offend more people, it's pretty impressive. Like, he probably already had two generations with millennials and Generation Z not liking him. And then he was like, you know what? Let's add a whole race of people. Not to like me too. Let's try that. Let's go ahead and just see how many folks I can get not to like me. Like that's easy, Bob. Think it through. Think it through. Uh, and I gotta say, this whole drama, Justin, whole drama boils down to what we talked about on your first show. It boils down to what we talked about. Don't judge a person by their age. That's right. Judge a person by whether they suck or not. Like True, true. Chloe Sorbrick in the New Zealand Parliament wasn't really saying okay boomer. That was code for okay then because that guy was there it inter- is. Yes. That guy was interrupting her kind of like dad. That's what he was doing. <laughs> And let me tell you, there's no need to condemn a whole generation of people because of one head. If that were the case, all generations would be condemned. So true. All of them would be condemned. See, I'll give you an awesome, I'll give you examples of awesome baby boomers right now. Are you ready? Hmm. David Letterman, baby boomer, awesome. Good. Bill Murray, baby boomer, awesome. Diane Keaton. That is a good guy. Baby boomer. Awesome. Ellen DeGeneres. Baby Boomer. Awesome. I just gave Love you... the show. Exactly. Four Baby Boomers in the span of like 10 seconds that are awesome. There you go. You can't condemn a whole generation just because you got one bad... You can't do it. You can't do it. Watch this. In fact, are you ready? I'll give you Yo. an awesome person from the last six generations. Six that are still living. Are you ready? You do your research, dude. Do it. Greatest Generation, Betty White. Awesome. Wow. There you go. Silent Generation, Mick Jagger. Awesome. Baby Boomer, Barack Obama. Awesome. Generation X, Shaquille O'Neal. Awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. Millennial, Lady Gaga. Awesome. Generation God, Z, dude. Zion Williamson. Everybody loves that dude. Wow. Awesome. Z and Zion. Yeah. Six generations of awesome right there. You know what? On this show, Justin, we entertain all six generations. I'm not sure if any of the greatest generation is still listening to our podcast, but if we, they are, Betty White, we love you, okay? We love you if you're out there, greatest generation, all right? Justin, are you ready to entertain six generations? Let's fire this up six times mm. for all six. Mm. All three engines up and burning. 
two, one, zero, and lift off. Justin, we have a fantastic show. We have returning guest, returning guest, and blues man extraordinaire, Reverend Sean Amos, on the show. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's got a new album coming out with his new group. The group is called The Brotherhood. Say what? He's leading a brotherhood. Wow. Yeah, Blues Brotherhood. I'm very excited. It's going to be a good time. Um, but first, we start where we start. Birthday suit. Come on. Happy now, I don't tell Dave, but I am I am somewhat glad you're on the show because they're sort of tough. They're varied, uh, varied birthday suits. They're not your straight okay. up. Sometimes I have to cater with Dave. I know his niche is sports, and I have to stick to that. I can go a little wider. Niche is sports. I can go and country music stars. That's true. He will nail. That's very true. Good point. Good point. Okay. Born on November 13th, 1967 in Brooklyn, New York. When our birthday suit wearer was nine, his family moved to Las Vegas. And our birthday suit ended up going to Ed W. Clark High School. He went to UNLV and then Arizona State, but didn't graduate from either. He ended up later getting an honorary degree from Arizona State. Uh, he started his media career when he hosted a Sunday night interview show on Uni- UNLV's radio station during high school. Sweet. He then landed a job on the morning radio show, uh, The Me and Him Show, in Seattle, Washington. He then did his own okay. show and spent five years as the sports guy for Kevin and Bean Morning Show. At this time, he also met Adam Carolla. They went on... To, oh. to create the show The Man Show. In 2003, he left The Man Show to this host... Is, uh, this, is, this, is this Kimmel? Yes, there it is. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. The wow. other Jimmy. So he's a sports yes. guy, huh? Yeah, he was, he was the sports guy. I mean, he was always just a media guy, but they put him on that show as the sports guy. It was actually Jimmy, the sports guy, but I didn't want to do the Jimmy part to give you more more uh, true. No, information. True. Too much. That's yeah. too much. Yeah, so he's been doing the late night talk show on uh, ABC for 16 years, man. That's a long time. That's sick. Jeez. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. even realize it was that long that he had been doing that. I, yeah, it makes me feel old, actually. I feel like it's less than that. I felt like that was still sort of a newfangled thing, and then I read that, and I was like, oh, no, I'm an old thing, and that's an old thing, too. Oh, yikes. Turning the big 5-2. 5-2, man. Yeah. 5-2. Yeah, 52. Looking good for 52. Keeping Keeping himself fit. I think the beard keeps him a little young. Keeps him a little young. You know, in fact, I actually, yeah. I had somebody on campus yesterday. This is to brag. They uh, they thought I was twenty four. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I was like, to that. Exactly. I was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes, I am twenty four. Correct. And they were like, liar, and shoved me into traffic. It was horrible. What? Okay. None of that there happened. You go. That was. We have derailed. Happy birthday, Jimmy Kimmel. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Justin, are you ready? Rip some headlines. Let's go. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay. Uh, Our first story comes from the Washington Post. 
Have you ever used Airbnb, Justin? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have? Mm-hmm. How'd, mm-hmm. You, how'd you like it? That's good. I mean, it's, it's convenient. I mean, I only use it when I need to book like a cheaper place. Okay. I've, I've never yeah, used good. it. I've thought about it. I've, oh, l- I've looked at it some, but I've never used it. Like, I've, I've looked at some places like, that looks pretty cool. Then I always end up getting like a, you know, holiday in. I'm like, there you go. A hotel. Yeah. True. Yeah. But uh, so this this past week, they made some big changes. Say what? Uh, I always assumed something with Airbnb, and that was that their listings were real and had been verified. But apparently that's not the okay. case. Nope. Like they, the, the company knows, they don't know whether anything really is true about those those owners basically like they don't verify really? yeah they don't verify anything so last week ceo and founder brian chesky came out and said that they would be making changes they would first verify all the houses and dwellings that are available for rent which is 7 million then they would make it much more difficult for houses to be used as locations for short-term parties because there were some uh, big disasters as far as that went. There apparently was some violence that erupted in these short-term party uses. So those were the two things that they changed now. So now, hopefully, sometime in the future, they said it's going to take a long time, they will be verified, which I've got to say... I didn't know, like I said, that they they hadn't been verified. And I yeah, mean, I didn't know that they. Yeah, that's a little scary. Yeah, but in my past experiences, nothing has happened. So, thank God, nothing happened. But at the same time, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems like that'd be like a first day. You know, you sign your house up to be on Airbnb. They're like verify that all this is true, and this is how you do it. I mean. I never show up at a Holiday Inn wondering if it's really going to be just a tent and a parking lot. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a hotel. I'm pretty positive. Uh, And and then I got to wonder how many people they put on staff to do this verification job. Mm. Like, is it it going to really suck if it's just one dude? They're like, hey, Frank, got a job for you. You know all the houses. Dude, he has to like go to all the houses. <laughs> You're traveling. To see if it's the real deal. This 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 month, Alabama. Good luck. All the houses. You're traveling <laughs> Alabama this week. Like that's that's gonna be rough, rough. I hope they've got more than than one person. Justin, our next story from CNN, big outlet, big outlet. Okay. It's, it's yeah, out big, of big news. Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. Yeah. Now, Justin, on the show back in January, uh, this was a show, is me and Dave, and we talked about a record, a record for the world's most expensive tuna. They set the record for world's most expensive tuna. A 612-pound bluefin tuna Word. was purchased Ooh. by Kayoshi Kimura. Just take a guess how much Kayoshi spent on this tuna. Hmm. Uh... 20,000. Oh man, you're really lowballing this tuna. $3.1 million on Dude, this I'm not tuna. In the tuna business. Tuna. Very expensive. Well, Justin, Japan is back setting records for seafood. This time, yeah. the record was for snow crab. Snow crab. Ooh, 
Is this in the millions too? No. So this one's lower. So this was a uh, male snow crab weighing 2.7 pounds, which if you know snow crab, that's a heavy that's a heavy snow crab right there. I don't. I'm allergic. Now, man, I always forget that about shellfish. Well, just think, Justin. How much do you think? 2.7 pounds of crab. Go back to your original. Think around those lines. Also, think. Oh, okay. Say, think, you know, 612 pounds of tuna versus 2.7 of a crab. Hmm. You got to do the proportion math. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, nobody told me there's gonna be math. Oh, this sucks. Man. Um, I'm gonna guess around uh, forty thousand. Nice, good guess. Forty-six thousand. Forty-six thousand. Oh, nice. Forty-six thousand for yes. snow, for just one. Just one snow crab. One snow crab. Tetsu. Do you like snow crab? I think my parents love snow crab. I'm, I've never had it. Really, I'll be honest. I I wouldn't be missing out too much with your allergy. Word. I don't, I mean, wow. I don't need shellfish to feel whole in this world, nope. you know? Like, for I'll, show. I'll show. eat it, but like, eh. Crab's a little sweet for me as far as the, the meat. Like, it tastes a little too yeah. sweet for me. I don't like that. Uh, you know, I like a more okay. savory meat, you know, uh, but you know, some people love it. And apparently Tasuji Hamashita is willing to pay $46,000 for it. He's the, good for him though. Good he, for him. He must love snow crab. Well, he's the owner of a fishery wholesaler. So, you know, it's, it's like one of those things, the same thing Kyoshi Kimura was, it's like a, it's bragging rights. Like, hey, you remember that biggest crab? Yeah, we bought that. Boom. Say what? How you like that? And people are going to actually eat it. He's actually giving it to a, uh, you know, high-scale restaurant, the majority of the meat, and they're going to serve it. Like, that wow. is pretty crazy that you're eating, like, whoever's doing that's like, hey, I'm eating a $46,000 crab right now. It's... Yeah, pretty, pretty delicious. Pretty delicious. I gotta say, I you know me, Justin. I I enjoy wasting money to a to a degree, yes! and I'm not I'm not gonna do crab for forty six thousand. Like if I had that, pass. Seems a little too steep. Pass. I I crunched the numbers, did a little math before the show. Uh, you could buy one hundred and seventy thousand one hundred and eight packs of ramen noodles for that price. You know what? Wow. Yeah, see, now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You just gotta think. That's basically enough ramen noodles for your whole life, or at least until you die of a stroke from high blood pressure due to all the sodium. Yeah, it's a lot of salt, too. That's a lot of salt, too. Maybe just cook the noodles every <laughs> now and then without adding the salt and seasoning. Oh, the pack, the flavor pack, so good, though. You can't not add the pack. Nope. That's, it's so good, but it's so bad. So bad. So bad. Justin, we've got a story... Sort of local, southeast. We're in the southeast. Okay. So okay. this is from the Island Packet newspaper in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Mm. Uh, okay. Have you ever heard about secret codes at certain restaurants to, like, get secret food? Yeah, like Wawa. Yeah, you're familiar with Wawa. Yes. right? they have their secret menu on the uh, touch screen. Exactly. And then I believe Starbucks has like a secret menu too. But I mean, I'm not too much of a coffee goer. Yeah, they also so, have it at In and Out Burger. 
You you can get you can get in, in and out. Yeah, yeah. You can get secrets there really? as well. There theirs is animal style. You get things animal. Oh, style. the animal style fries. Yeah, true. true. Yeah. But I feel like that's way too popular to be a secret. But it's still not I mean? on the menu, right? That's true. It's that's popular, true, true. but it's not on the menu. Well, apparently they've but got. I like that. I like the secret codes behind restaurants. You feel it's, it's fun. Yes. You feel like a. You feel like a pro. Yes. You're like I oh, watch this. Yeah. Bet you didn't know this one. Boom. Right. Well, they've got a new one going on apparently down in McDonald's in Hilton Head. Hmm. So Parrish Brown went to a McDonald's. He got himself a large sweet tea because it's the South, of course. And apparently he's he's a fan of lemon, so he said with extra lemon. And uh, Parrish started drinking the tea. He noticed a real, as he put it, funky taste. He said, "I kept being like, I swear, I swear, there is weed in my sweet tea." Hmm. What? <laughs> Brown, who paid regular price for his tea, thinks he unwittingly didn't know that he used code language to get the weed in his cup. The code language he thinks was extra lemon. Wow. Yeah. 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 So so, so I gotta be honest. I wouldn't know code name around that, but I don't think that's it. But if it is, cool. Well, I I gotta be honest. If that is the case... Whoever this weed dealer is at McDonald's really doesn't know how to make a profit off their marijuana. So true. Like, he paid regular price. Like, what are they doing? And if it's also true, that's going to be the most popular McDonald's in South Carolina in no time. That's a fact. Like, oh my God, they're giving away free weed? Yeah, I'll go get some. I don't even I don't even use weed, but all right. Let's it's infused in your sweet tea. Let's try this out. Why not? They need to they're doing an investigation, Justin. McDonald's is cooperating, so don't worry. They're getting to the bottom of it. For sure, for sure. Our next story, again, back to CNN. We're doing the big dogs. Big dogs. Have you ever heard of uh, Camerata Sicily, Justin? Camerata Sicily. Camerata Sicily? Yeah. That's a location or? Yeah, that's a location. No, no, never heard of it. Okay. Sicily, well, though, I'm guessing it's somewhere in Italy. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know where it is either. I knew Sicily, but I did not know Camerata. It's not that big of a town. It's in, like, it's a smack dab in the middle of the island of Sicily, like right in the middle. Okay. And okay. I, I am a little upset because it's not close to our, our, our dedicated listeners in general. Yeah. They, it's, not, it's not close to those guys. You know, they're all the way up mm. at the other side of the, the, the country. So, but I bring it up because Camarada wants us to move there. Word. They want us Hi. to move there. They are offering houses in the city for free sweet what yeah they're giving away houses right are they just trying to build the city up well so they've got a dwindling population and a lot of people are just letting their houses become dilapidated like so they're old you know these houses have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years and they're just not they're not keeping up with them and the mayor is a long time he has lived there his whole life and he's like i can't stand to see this happen to my town so he has bought up all these houses from people and he is saying if you come to our city we will give you this house for free but 
You have to agree to restore the house in three years. It has to be restored. Okay. And the city, the city council has to approve it. Like you can't turn it into like God. a wacky Disneyland or something. It has to be approved by them. But I mean, sounds pretty good, Justin. Sounds pretty good. Free house. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Free house. So you get to live in like a Mediterranean kind of culture. Yeah, I was a little thrown off because I was like, oh, that'd be nice, like mild weather, and you're on the the island of Sicily. And then I looked at the weather yesterday, and it was 46 there, and I was like, what? Oh. Seems a little breezy you for you, me. You, you said you don't like 40s. No, that's, right. that's a little too cold. I mean, uh, I, I guess I can handle a couple days. If they're telling me this is just like a cold front, I can handle it. But, you know, anyways, the article goes on to talk about how great of an area it is. And, and one of the reasons they say is because it's so welcoming, right, to other cultures. And they really threw me a curveball when they were talking about how welcoming it was because they mentioned Camarada's official symbol, hmm. the uh, symbol of the, the, the town, which apparently... What is it? It's a woman breastfeeding two serpents while placing what? her foot on her own child. Jeez. What's happening? Yeah, right? Which the leaders of the tourist board said, this embodies their culture of welcoming with open arms all foreigners. And I got to say, I'm reading into this that they see all foreigners as snakes and they step on their own baby's heads, which is a little weird. Exactly. That's uh, yeah. that's not a welcoming culture. It's a strange culture. It's very They got to change that one up. The, change it up. Think of something different. Justin, this next story comes from uh, Cairo, K-I-R-O, Channel 7 in Seattle. Uh, that's a call letters, Cairo. I just I just said it as, you know, anyways. Anyways. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Go, go, go. Ren, Washington. There's a nice park called Gene Coulon Park. People go there. Gene Coulon. Yep. All sorts of stuff. They enjoy the outdoors. You know, they enjoy nature. Well, some folks this past week saw something very... Very disturbing. Word. Someone had painted backwards swastikas on the turtles. Wait, what? What? Yeah. On what did the turtles ever do to you? Exactly. Justin, this is so offensive on so many levels. The turtles didn't sign up to be part of your hate group. Nope. They're just... Out there <laughs> looking for berries and sun, and you tagged up their home with horrible sy symbols. I mean, they're not even—they're not even hermit crabs. Nope. They can't leave that shell. That is their shell. That is it. And they don't have the range of motion to wash that off themselves. To try to yeah, no, no, not at all. I don't even think they have the range of motion to be even aware. No, right? they're no, like, what did, they, what did he put on my Unless back? Unless they communicate with Frank, each other. Frank, Frank, hey, can you tell what's me? On my back? What's going on there? Did what's he put something back? racist there? Oh, Jesus. Frank the turtle, I like it, like Frank Lynn. Yes. Childhood cartoon, dude. Exactly. And then, like, second of all, how, how... How did these, whoever did this, like decide on turtles? <laughs> Just like, hmm. what, how was that their communication conduit of choice? Like, hey, you know what? You know what? We should start spreading our hate messages on, on social media. No, 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 no. I got a better idea. Turtles. 
Oh, yeah, <laughs> right, right. That is inventive. Like, second, the last thing, they didn't even get their own symbol right. Blam. They did it backwards. Like, I mean, I guess that's good that they can't do their own hate symbol great, that they're not promoting. I don't, just, uh, come on. Somebody clean the turtles. Clean the turtles. Show some dang respect. Yeah! Justin, this next story is from CBS Channel 13 on your side in Maine. Which, yeah, that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of local news' catchphrase, right? On your side. Which... Yeah, on your side. Yeah, there's one... Which which I, which I thought I was like on your side. that's it's a little weird, like I mean forty seven. I may I may not particularly like a story that they have on the news, but I've never thought the local news is like conspiring to get me that they are on the other side. Like I mean, is there any <laughs> local news that has a catchphrase like it's like not not on your side? Yeah, it's like Channel Thirteen. We. F- hate you and are against everything you stand for like that's wow i i don't know of any that's weird it's uh, just like when did they come together We're like hey we got to let people know that we like them we're on their side how about that we are on your side let's make that our catchphrase anyways channel 13 that's on your side justin yes. they found out that a couple of lobster fishermen they were boating out to one of their normal spots when they saw something weird in the water. Hmm. They uh, they got closer to the object and they realized that the weird thing in the water was a deer. Deer in the water? Yes. It was a deer swimming in the water over five miles from land. Five okay. miles. Interesting. Yeah. This deer had swam slash floated at least five miles. Not only that, but it swam slash floated five miles in Maine in November. Like That's cold water. So effing cold, man. They picked the deer up. You could tell the deer was not too jazzed to be picked up, but at the same time was like, oh, thank God I'm out of the water, right? And then the deer just sort of collapsed in the corner of the boat and was just like, ugh. Oh, I'm hoping they don't eat me. Oh, man, please don't eat <laughs> me. All right? And they, they took the deer back to land, and they, they set him free. I would like to interview that deer. That deer is a survivor, man. Yes! That is like... It, I wonder how it got there in that position. Well, like, I can tell you, I would have gotten like five, uh, like 100 feet away from land and been like, well, never going to make it. So true. I give up. Like, five miles... Good Lord, I couldn't do... That's why, That's this is why you never give up. <laughs> Not if you're that deer. He needs to give me an inspirational speech. That is for sure. That is for sure. Uh, okay, Dave. Oh, Dave. It's, sorry. It's always there, man. It's Dave's always, here. He's, he's here in spirit. He's here in spirit. I like it. Uh, Justin, this next story, last story, is from a- ABC Channel 27 in Pennsylvania. Have you on your side? No, they're not on your side. Nope. I, I think they're they're impartial. <laughs> they're neutral. They don't. They're not on your side. <laughs> neither on your side nor against you. They're impartial. Uh, have you wow. ever on been to York, Pennsylvania? Hmm. No, I've never set foot in Pennsylvania. Oh, 
Then you should go. It's ever. It's not bad. Word. It's a. Do you like it? I. It's. It's a Commonwealth. It's one of the few Commonwealths. I know we've went over that in the show before. Kentucky, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. Those are the four Commonwealths in the United States. Not actually legally states. They are Commonwealths. Anyways. Oh. Wow, wow, wow. Little little fact for you. That's right. Anyways, if you're planning on going to York, I would advise that you stay away from US 30 Diner on West Market Street. So true. Why? Well, the Department of Agriculture inspectors, they were checking out the place, looking out at the place uh, for, you know, violations. And so they paid a surprise yeah. visit. And they found a lot of disturbing things. And I'll save the, the, the worst for last. First, food employees. Uh, the food employees were wearing soiled garments. Ew. That's pretty gross. But you'd ex- Yeah, you'd expect that a little bit, you know. I, I usually expect quite a haggard crowd back there in the, in the, uh, in the kitchen, you know. Yes. Uh, here's another. Personal medication was found on the shelves with food. I'd like to know what medication, okay. Okay. you know. If it's like hemorrhoid cream versus like cough medicine, eh, it's a big difference. Wait, what? It's a big difference. I'd much rather see that cough medicine on the shelf. Anyways. Not the hemorrhoid cream? No. Not the, no. They don't want that to mix in. You do not want you it. You love to. it. They found a dog leash mysteriously back where the food was being prepared. And when they asked them. Where's the dog? Well, they asked the manager and he was like, eh, sometimes I like to bring my dog back in here. Every now and then. What? I was like, probably, maybe don't want to tell them that. Just like keep that one to yourself, but whatever. Here's the last one, the big kicker. They found a sewage backup in the basement piping system. Ew. And found that one of the pipes was leaking. Ew. And that the employees what? had used duct tape to repair the pipe. Wow. Uh. This is the worst place ever man gordon ramsay needs to make over this place i really want to see that manager though that 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 made the judgment call like hey jeff how's it look downstairs uh well the smell that we were smelling it's sewage and there's a pipe leaking (laughs) oh well here take some duct tape fix that up that stuff will never that it'll be sealed forever after we use duct tape obviously exactly it's good don't worry about it Fantastic. Jeff, you fixed it. All right, Justin, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest of honor, Mr. Reverend Sean Amos, right here on the Doc G Show. Nice, nice. Take care of 
up on me
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Justin? If you ain't listening to us now, but you want to listen to us later, hit us up on the podcast, man. It's free. Hit us up anytime, anywhere. That's right. Anytime you want. It's it's free. Hit us up on the podcast. Also, hit us up on docgshow.com. You Love know it. it. We there. Not rusty at all, man. I like it. Not rusty at I'm all. I'm here with it. I'm here with it. Well, let's move on to those folks that have decided to listen to us on the podcast. Let's give a couple shout-outs to those folks. Where are we going, dog? First of all, here's the regulars. Let's go down the regulars. Shout-out to regulars Jacksonville, Duval. That's, that's a regular. Duval. That's a regular. Shout-out Columbia, South Carolina. Regulars, Gamecocks, shout out Charlotte, North Carolina, Queen City, shout out to the Queen City, shout out to Citrus Heights, California, our West Coast Connect, shout out to them, shout out to Radford and Ashburn, Virginia, shout out to those guys, Virginia's for Doc G show lovers, as Dave likes to say, shout out to Genoa, Italy, yes indeed. There you go. Give us the salami. Mm. Shout out to Atlanta, hot Atlanta. There it is. There it is. And lastly, our last regular shout out to Dublin, Ireland. Those guys have been consistent, consistent. And of course, uh, I, I actually sorry, false start. We also have one other shout out, Mozambique. Can't forget our listeners in Mozambique. Uh, okay, we were missing one. Time to go to semi-regulars. Semi-regulars. Here we go. Going down to South Florida first. Boca Raton. Shout out. Shout out to Boca. Shout out to Miami. Shout out to the 305. Uh, Shout out to Princeton, New Jersey. Those guys. They're semi-regulars. Semi-regulars. Shout out to Nashville, home of Lonely Highway and many other Doc G guests. Yes, indeed. Then lastly... Last semi-regular shout out San Diego, San Diego, California. San Diego. All right, I got two newcomers. Are you ready for the newcomers? Where do we go now? Frisco, Texas. Frisco, like a Frisco melt. Frisco melt, dude. Those are pretty good right there. Frisco is apparently right beside Dallas. I guess you could say it's in the Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area. Frisco. Got it. I love Frisco. it. Frisco. Here we go. Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, wow. indeed. Newcomers in the old steel town of the South, Birmingham. Welcome. Welcome. Alabama. Yes. Keep it regular, guys. We hope you can someday be regulars, Frisco and Birmingham. That's so good. Keep it regular. Yes. Keep it regular like Metamucil. That's what mm. we want you to do. You love Justin. It. Second birthday suit, are you ready? Dude, hit me. Okay. Born on November 13th, 1979 in Queens, New York. Our birthday suit wearer loved basketball from a young age. He played at LaSalle Academy. His AAU team featured uh, future NBA stars Elton Brand and Lamar Odom. 
Jeez. Wow. I would not want to play against that team. Jeez. <laughs> that team it got some serious size, man. Uh, he also witnessed some really extreme things growing up and on the court. In the middle of a game, in the middle of the court, for a YMCA basketball tournament, one of his teammates, Lloyd Newton, was stabbed in the back with a leg of a table and died. What the hell is happening? Wait, what? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But he ended up the still The leg playing. of a table? Yeah. They ripped the leg off and literally threw it in this guy's back. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But he ended up still playing basketball. He went to St. John's University where he majored in mathematics. Oh, yeah. I bet people did not see that one coming. Don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> mathematics. Uh, he went to the Elite Eight. He left a season early to the NBA. He was drafted by the Chicago Bulls in 1999 as the 16th pick overall. In 2002, he was traded to the Indiana Pacers. From 2002 to 2006, he played for the Indiana Pacers. In 2004, he was the center of the altercation known as the Malice at the Palace. Wait, what? Our wow, birthday suit wearer. The center. This. Go ahead. Go. Just go. Just go. Uh, received. He received the longest suspension ever. This is Ron Artest. Dude. Boom. New name. Made. Uh, is it? Is it still Panda Lover or Meta? Meta. Meta World okay. Peace. He went back. He, he went was back. Panda Lover at one point, right? I don't Am know I... if he got it legally changed or not. I don't think he got Panda's that best one actually. Or something like that? I, <laughs> I don't think he got that one actually officially changed. Where Meta, he did. And um, yeah. 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 I did not know. And I got to be honest. Ron. And, you know, I, I'll say I was judging a little bit of the book by his cover. I didn't know he majored in mathematics. Nope. Good like for him, I didn't know that either. I I wouldn't have known that. One. What what did what did Ron want to do with mathematics? I sort of want to ask Meta now about that. Be like, hey, Meta. what were you planning on doing with mathematics? Like, do you just love mathematics? Hmm. Do you just like doing <laughs> like like calculus problems on, in your spare yeah, time? Me. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Someone needs to know. Somebody needs to know, and I really don't actually want to know any more about that stabbing. But nope. uh, these are two things, right, about this birthday suit. One, I know for something, for some reason, I have I have looked up his information. Hmm. What? I can't remember. Like I feel like I've done it as a birthday suit, which would mean. That we put it somewhere wrong so true. on the show. That I did. What do you mean? I did the wrong date because his birthday is definitely November thirteenth. But I remember that story of getting stabbed with a table leg. Like I you do. Yes, I remember because as soon as I read it, I was like, "Man, I have said that before, or at least I've read it before." And it only, came. It triggered you, or maybe it's just deja vu or something. No, like no, that. no, no, no. That would not be. <laughs> There's all the time I remember people getting stabbed with table legs. Of course. It's just one of those other times. But second, he played yeah. the, the big three, right? This this past, yeah. uh, this go-round. Ice Cube asked him to change his name back to Cube. Ron Artest. Oh, because they didn't want to, why? They just didn't want to He just him. said he wanted to turn it back, turn back the clock. He was like, let's turn it back to when you were Ron Artest. I was like, wouldn't that be slightly offensive? Hmm. Like, I mean, I know, like, 
I know that he just changed it because he wanted to change it, but like, you know, Muhammad Ali took that as a huge slap in the face when people wanted to call him Cassius Clay. And granted, his was for religious reasons, but still, Metal World Peace was like, hey, I want to be called Metal World Peace. And Ice Cube was like, nah, let's do Ron. (laughs) And then. But I feel like, you know, like with Muhammad Ali, that sticks. I still feel like. Oh, Meta World Peace, you know, Ron Artest. Like, people still have to, you know, Yeah, it's say a little Ron bit Artest. associate. But, but, like, I mean, he did want to be called it. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's, just saying. yeah and that's a, that's a guy you don't want to off. No, but apparently, you know, with, uh, with old uh, Ice Cube, he's just like, cool, let's do it. I'm Ron. Like... <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I'm wrong. I guess I guess if you're Ice Cube, you can do that. All right, Justin, uh, happy birthday! First off, to Metal World Peace. Happy birthday uh, to Metal World Peace. Enjoy it. Being uh, turning the big four zero, man. The big four zero. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Okay, uh, we're gonna do Panda's something. Best friend. We're gonna do something we haven't done in a little bit, man. What's HTH? Stop faking the funk. Wow, I'm bad at these. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to scare you, but we I did it with Dave a couple weeks ago. He didn't get he it. He killed it. He didn't get it. He didn't get it, man. Okay, he which, didn't get it. Which I was like, Dave, this is what you do. Justin does birthday suits. You do stop faking the funk. You got to shake the rust off, man. So let's right, see. If well, you, maybe since I haven't done this in a while, I'll have some like luck here. Let's see just, if you can you it. can bring just it up. It. Here we go. Just effing do it, dude. First, Jeez. <laughs> first headline: Man's walking stick turns out to be priceless historical artifact. Hmm. That's the first. That's the first. Second, long lost painting found in woman's kitchen fetches twenty six point eight million dollars. Hmm. Which hmm. one? Is the real headline? You're so good at these because, huh? I feel like uh, the first one is, mm-hmm. is like more story worthy, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. go with the first one as the real one and the 26.8 million one, the mm-hmm. uh, the painting. That's a mm-hmm. uh, that's just a fake one. You 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 smoke screen me with? No, no, no. I'm I'm. You're I, annoying. That... <laughs> That is the correct, uh, correct headline, man. A, oh, fine. a twenty-six point eight million dollar painting in in a lady's in a lady's kitchen. So apparently, an elderly French woman in the town of Campagne, Campagne, uh, had, Champagne. I don't know. No, it's Campagne. Compiègne? Maybe Compiègne. 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 I like that. That's good. Let's just make that up. We'll just Compiègne. They're like, that's not our town, you morons. Uh, Anyways, she had this really old piece of art that she'd been hanging in her kitchen for a long time. It just been there. She thought she didn't know anything about it. She thought it was a Greek religious icon because Jesus is in this picture. Uh, it was ten inches by eight inches. She didn't know where it came from. Didn't know how old it was. But she decided, you know what? I'm gonna have an 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 artist specialist. They're gonna check it out. So an artist specialist came by, checked it out. The art specialist said it didn't take uh, long to see that this was artwork by the Italian painter Cimabue. 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 
Mm-hmm. Word. And apparently Chima Bowie is a very, very uh, well-known artist, but also rare. There are only 11 of his paintings worldwide. He was alive during the uh, uh, 12th and 13th centuries. Or, sorry, 13th and, 13th and 14th centuries. Sorry. 13th and 14th centuries. Uh, the appraiser, like the title says, gave it a price tag of $26.8 million. That's nuts. Yes. Yes. And I do have That's to say... That's stuff you wish would happen to you. Like, That's a fact. Well, first of all... Just well, finding w- old things. I got to say, it wouldn't happen to me because you Why? have to be pretty old not to remember at all where a painting came from in your house. So true. Like, you have to be really old to be like, eh, where did that go? I have no idea. Like, you don't, nope. Did you buy it? Don't know. Somebody give it to you? No idea. Can't remember anything. I just always remember it being right there. Like, you have had to live (laughs) in a house for a really long time to not know where something came from. Like, that is impressive. That is impressive. And now she's got almost $27 million. Well, she will when it's auctioned off. It hasn't been auctioned off yet. So Sweet. Oh, elderly French woman, you go bonanza with that money. Go crazy. Get nuts with your your new cash that you give got. me some. That's right. J- give Justin some. Justin, there are a lot of bad things going on around in the world, and it's when okay. bad things are going on in the world that we need to hear some good news, some things that there don't it is, suck. Dude. Things that don't suck. Exactly. Things that don't suck. A list of consisting of Paul Rudd and whatever the doc wants to say now. All right, here we go. First story. I got two stories for things that don't suck, Justin. Wow, two, two, huh? Yeah. So the first one, two researchers at MIT have unveiled... I went there. Yeah? Yeah, nice campus, man. Very nice, right? Very cool. Eclectic buildings. They're very different, you know? That's what I was going to say. The architecture there is, is awesome. Well, you like go to Harvard, different. and it's very old school. Here's old the the school. brick and ivy, and then you go to MIT, and it's like, hey, we got space buildings. What do you feel about that? Here's a space building for you. Anyway, take that. That's right. These guys, these two researchers, have unveiled a battery, a battery that can absorb CO2 from the atmosphere and could be critically helpful in the fight against global warming. Say what? Oh, I love it. Yeah, researchers... It's a real thing, people. That's a fact. Very real. Very real. And researchers Sahag Vaskian and Alan Hatton, these two fellas, they uh, got a device that's essentially a large specialized battery that absorbs carbon dioxide from the air passing over the electrodes that are in the battery. As it's being charged up, it sucks air in, and these electrodes are really really have a high affinity for co2 and that's what makes it so unique so the you know the difference from old carbon capturing devices is the old carbon capturing devices they can't do it when there are very low levels of carbon dioxide so true when there's only a couple parts per million you know they won't suck it up but this since it's such a high affinity it will suck up co2 in normal air in our normal air it will suck this up yeah 
So wow, yeah, yeah. So they can literally capture CO two, and then when the battery is discharging, it shoots out pure CO two. So you can use that as far as like places that actually use CO two for their business, like soft drink bottling plants. They actually make CO two on the premise uh, premise at so, uh, soft drink places to put in their, you know, for the carbon dioxide into the soft drink. Wow. Killing two birds with one stone. You can make a good business with these batteries. So true. Exactly. And the most important part, saves the environment. Saves the environment. Yeah, exactly. The, these that guys have the big picture. That's right. set up a company called Verdox to uh, commercialize mm-hmm. this process. And they're, 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 starting, they're starting on it ASAP. Nicely done, yeah, yeah. guys. Nicely done, Sahag and Allen. Well done. Well done. Okay, other news that doesn't suck. This news involves Michael Jordan. And of course... Michael Jordan. If it involves Michael Jordan, it's not going to suck. You're going That's obvious. That's obvious. Uh, Last week, Jordan donated $7.2 million for two new Novant Health Clinics in Charlotte. These yeah. uh, these health clinics are meant to serve the uninsured and underprivileged people of the Charlotte area. These clinics are expected mm. to serve roughly 35,000 people of the Charlotte area. The clinic provides both primary care, care health services in addition to access to social workers, physical therapy, health practitioners, and behavioral health experts. Nice, the, uh, nice. The Novant Health Michael Jordan Family Medical Clinic, which was the first one, it opened three weeks ago, has already taken care of about 300 people. One of those people, Sherelle Blake, a 45-year-old woman with no health care, said, It has meant the world to me. When you have no health care, it's a horrible situation. And uh, Jordan said of the situation, You see my name. But yet you don't see the people behind me and the commitment, especially from people like my mom, about caring for other people and being part of a community that matters. There you go. That's right. Yes. Yes. Well done, Michael. That didn't suck. Nicely done, Michael Jordan. Nicely done. Justin, those are two stories that don't suck. I love it. I do want to get to one story that I didn't have time to talk about and rip from the headlines before we go to break. Real quick. Go, go, go. This story is from the Associated Press, Justin. And we've now got a non-human person living in Florida. Wait, what? What? What do you mean? Non-living, non-human person living in Florida. Yeah, non-human Explain. person. Explain this. So apparently an orangutan Sweet. that was from the Buenos Aires Zoo and now has moved to Florida was ruled a non-human person. Which I got to be honest, that's the main story for me. I didn't know this happened. Nope. I had no idea so this was news. that's non-human. That's right. This happened back in 2015 apparently. Apparently, Judge Elena Liberatore declared that Sandra, the orangutan, was legally not an animal. No, she was not an animal. She's a non-human person. That's right. Thus entitled to some legal rights enjoyed by people. 
Judge Libatori said this ruling, with this ruling, she wanted to tell society something new, that animals are sentient beings and that the first right they have is our obligation to respect them. So true. So there you go, Justin. Non-human person, Sandra the orangutan, is now living in Florida with us. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I got to be... I, I mean, that's cool. I really do like it. That's nice. I mean, because it's obvious, right? They they have they have they have emotions. They have thoughts. These these uh, these primates. But I got to be honest. That status got to make it a little awkward when she talks to other primates at this facility in Florida, right? That's right. I mean, yeah. they're they're like, hey, you know, Sandra. Just because the judge in Argentina said you're a non-human person, you're not better non-human. than us. You're still one of us. You're not you're better than us. us. You know, remember Coco? Yeah, she had an IQ of wow, ninety Coco, and could speak dude. two thousand words. You can't That's do that, right. Sandra. Oh my God. I did. I went that back. Was a smart chimp. After I went back and and uh, and and read the story, I had to go back and look at at uh, at Coco. What an amazing, amazing animal, that Coco. That's amazing. She, she uh, two 2,000 words and an IQ of 90. They did tests on it as far as tests. There's so many cool pictures, too, of her, like, reading newspapers. Like, just, like, literally yeah. with the newspaper Exciting. open. Like, hmm, cool. check this out. A uh, little known fact about Coco that is true. She had an affinity for human nipples. Wait, what? It's oh, true. Okay. okay. It's true. <laughs> she would just be I like. I love how talk. we just talked how regal and just <laughs> awesome this thing was. And you just dumbed down the status of Coco hey. by saying, hey. She, she's a non-human. She's a this, non-human person, man. Get this. Okay? this uh, one of the smartest animals in the world had an affinity for nipples. That, I love how you just dumbed it down. <laughs> Uh, but it's true. It's there. It's like she would just bring it. She would be signing, and then she'd be like, hey, by the way, what are those nipples look see like? It. What are those Give things me going that. on? <laughs> Give me that uh, We've got a non-human person. We've got a non-human person, Sandra okay. the orangutan. Welcome, Sandra. We are happy that you are in Florida with us. Right now, let's take another break. We will be right back with none other than Rev Amos right here. On the Doc G Show. Love it. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM. Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are joined by a great returning guest, dedicated bluesman and leader of the Brotherhood, Reverend Sean Amos. Rev, how's it going? I'm wonderful, brother. How are you? It's good to be back. I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Excited about what you guys got going on. And uh, ex- exciting changes. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited to be in uh, your neck of the woods on Sunday, too. Yes, yes. So, uh, last show, you had just uh, you had just released a, a new album, or getting ready to release a new album, you breaking it down. Reverend Sean Amos yep. breaks it down. Now, uh, you've got something new going on. You've got a brotherhood. So, the brotherhood is you... <laughs> 
Brady Blade on drums, Christopher Thomas on bass, and Chris Dr. Roberts on guitar. So each one of these guys, fantastic musicians, uh, played with all kinds of super talented musicians in their past. How did you guys decide on coming together? Because I know you've played in the past with each other. You've you've played a lot with each other. But how did you say we're going to record an Mm. album together? Yeah, well, you know, technically, it is our second album together. Uh, I did a record in 2015 called The Reverend Shyness Loves You that was mm-hmm. produced by Mindy Abair, whose festival we're playing right. on Sunday. Right, um, and, uh, and And Brady and CT, as we call him, uh, Chris Thomas, mm-hmm. and The Doctor all played on that on that album. Uh, oh, okay. And so that was, really our, that was really our first time all playing together. But we made that album. And then we all went our separate ways, um, except for the doctor, who has been you know with me from nearly day one, and um, he's he's been involved in you know everything I've done right. in the blues vein. Um, but around uh, towards the end of 2018, I had some dates over in Europe, and uh, Brady lives in Stockholm, Sweden, oh, okay. and CT lives in Paris, France. They they actually both married a European woman who. Uh, convince them to uh you know stay in europe and so um if i had some dates booked in the netherlands and i just asked them if they wanted to join since they were nearby yeah and they did it and we did this little uh, dutch tour and it was just, it was it was great it was the first time we really played live together um actually i take that back you know what man we we did the the, the night we finished recording loves you which we recorded mm-hmm. in shreveport louisiana mm-hmm. we did a gig that night at some little club in shreveport called bears uh, which I don't think is around any longer. And it was down and dirty. We actually released it as an EP. You can find it out there on iTunes and Spotify, Live at Bears. Nice. Um, so that was, one time, that was one time we played live. We were exhausted from being in the studio. We just wanted to capture it, and that was that. Anyway, this tour was our first tour. We got along on the road. Uh, things really clicked. Um, and for me, it was just a whole different experience being with with brothers you know, yeah. uh, who just know me and we know each other and there's a degree of shared experience and shared history. Yeah. And uh, it was a very different thing than playing, you know, like a pickup band or a bunch of very talented, but you know, sort of disjointed you know, musicians. Yeah. Um, and so I just sort of took a note <laughs> and then came back to the States and then, uh, and then the doctor, I started writing together, yeah. uh, which we'd started to do on, on the breaks it down album. Uh, we recorded. We wrote a song called "Moves" together, yeah. which has turned out to be one of our more popular songs. Yeah, definitely. And so the doctor and I started writing some more together, and uh, we had about you know an album's worth of material. And I'm like, we should bring Brady and CT over and, uh, and, and and sort of get get the brotherhood together. And so uh, we mm-hmm. did that, and we got closer. And it just felt that the music feels very different than the past stuff I've done, and it feels different because it's truly collaborative the songwriting's right. collaborative you know the, the arrangements are collaborative it wasn't just me you know barking orders <laughs> and so um and so it just felt like it, it was something we all wanted ownership over uh and it's something that we all wanted to commit ourselves to yeah uh, at least you know for, for the foreseeable future and so uh, the Brotherhood was born. So, so, so everybody, obviously, uh, you know, that's one of the great things about working with people you know, and like you said, you you feel comfortable with. Yeah, uh, they also bring their individual touch to everything. 
So, like, when, totally. we, when we talk about Brady on drums, obviously he brings drums to the percussion, to the group. But what, what would you say that he brings? What's the, you know, sort of mood that he brings or the, the vibe or writing touch? What changes when he's involved? You know, Brady is just one of the most creative musicians I've ever been around. He's, he's just pure instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, that, and that brings... Uh, a, a level of excitement always, right? So mm-hmm. you know, the, the the upside of of the interesting things that you know whatever's going to come out of him is just going to be inventive and something he hadn't expected. Yeah. It's going to take the song in a different kind of direction. It's going to change it. You know, the 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 other side of that is you know it, it's hard to, to manage. You, know, <laughs> and you don't necessarily get re- repeat performances. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and so it's almost like a jazz approach. And really, you know, both he and CT are. In many respects, sort of you know, jazz-oriented yes. players. Yeah. Um. And and so you know, no two takes are the same, and it's a lot of feel, and you know, you, you can't necessarily you know, over rehearse or write a part for Brady. You have to sort of let him do what he, you know, how he feels it. He may feel it one way on take one, and he may feel it another way on take five. Um. <laughs> and he may bring some things. He may bring some things, you know, forward. Uh, you know, from take one to take five, but you know, it's, it's always going to be this evolving thing. And so that's sort of what you have to um, sign up for. You so know? so um, your, your, your rhythm section in general, both uh, are very inclined to improv. They have... Uh... Yeah, the whole thing is totally. And that, that's, for me, that's what's really fun, right? I, I think a lot of the Reverend Sean Amos, you know, uh, you know, a Reverend Sean Amos show, I would say maybe, you know, it, it, without the Brotherhood, is you know, a, a bit of a scripted yeah. affair, you know? Yeah. Um, and and, 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 it, and it's great, and it's fun, and I love that show, and, and, and we're going to keep doing that show. Um, I, you know, a Brotherhood show is, you know, a, a, a bit of a journey, and I don't necessarily know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of, for me, as an artist, that that's part of the fun. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I want it. It keeps me on my toes. It helps me to explore new space that I might not explore otherwise. I, I think it's um, interesting for the audience, and um, but it's different. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's a different, it's a totally different journey, and and so I, I, I that's the journey you know, I want to be on right now because nice. just uh, and you can only be on that kind of journey you know, if you feel safe with the people you're with, right? right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you got to be able to sort of put yourself in the hands of others and okay, wherever this goes, I don't know where it's going to go. But I know I'm going to be safe. Yeah, you're going to um, close yourself and, 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 off and I, if you don't like the like the folks. You're going to go back to what you know. Yeah, best. man. Yeah, totally. And you can you can control stuff forever and end up just choking all the life out of it. Yeah. So you know, I I want to I want to travel some new ground. Nice. And sometimes you know I want to be led there, and sometimes I want to be the leader, and sometimes I want to be the driver's seat and the passenger seat and the back seat and the trunk, <laughs> and I can sort of like move you know to any position I want yeah. with these guys because. Everyone's got the sort of uh, not only the musical chops, but they've got the sort of um, care and, and understanding and uh, you know appreciation of one another that we just we have each other's backs up there. Nice. nice. Well, we we talked about inspirations the last time you were on, uh, and we talked about you know who who inspired you as far as harmonica playing and, and blues in general. Uh, and I and, and I think we talked a little bit just now as far as as where the brotherhood is coming from. You've got different uh, people coming from different backgrounds. I mean, I know CT and and Brady have played in really 
wide ranging genres. I mean, you know, Nora Jones and Steve Earle. And so you're going from jazz to country to Dave Matthews. And so they're all over. I mean, super talented musicians as far as who they played with, but very different as far as the stylings. Um, what would you say? Where where are they all jazz leaning the the Brotherhood, or is there other influences that come in? Oh, there's a lot of influences. I mean, look, it's funny. So, CT actually played for a, a long while with Brady's brother, Brian Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Blade's considered one of the foremost jazz drummers in the world. Yeah, uh, and one of his projects called the Brian Jones uh, Fellowship, of which CT is a, is a member. Mm-hmm. They played the Wayne Shorter and all that stuff. So, you know, CT was playing a lot of hardcore jazz, and then he was only playing upright bass. Um, but yeah, as you said, he's also played Nora Jones. He's played Macy Gray. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got he's got a project with his wife, his, his French wife. That's sort of this ambient electronica sort of uh, project called the Leica in the Unit. Mm. Um, you know, Brady, un- unlike his brother Brian, both both Brady and Brian grew up in the church mm-hmm. um, in, in, in Louisiana. Their father's a preacher, and, mm-hmm. and, and so they grew up playing in the church. And so I, I would say at the root of all of it, you know, there is a there's a there's a there's a gospel church thing going on. Yeah. They're playing. Yeah. Um, but first and for, first and foremost, but you know Brady's a rocker. You know, I mean he he he's played Indigo Girls and Dave Matthews, and you know, but he he, he likes to rock out. He's played he plays North Mississippi All Stars a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think his he's he's highly versatile, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think that that speaks to his, you know, his curiosity and, and his sort of just you know he he's instinctive and instinctual, and he just wants to go where he finds he wants to go places he's curious about. And so nice. uh, he's a great drummer if if you're a songwriter because he is just you know creative and colorful, and he you know sort of just sort of approach the drum kit as like. Well, where's the beat and where's the pattern? But mm-hmm. versus where's like the vibe and the texture? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and CT and Brady have known each other since they were kids. Yeah. So they've got this like osmosis together. I'd say I, I there's a swampiness. You know, we always talk about like swampiness and voodoo when we play. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 for us, like there's got to be a certain amount of grease in there, mm-hmm. and there's got to be a certain amount of of a. Uh, Got to be a lag to that yeah. backbeat, sort of. Yeah, yeah, the technical term. Yeah, there. I think slightly behind the one. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. It, 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 it's just got to feel like it's it's just greasy, man. I yeah. like it. Um, and so, and, and, and so depending on the tempo, you know, that greasiness can be pretty heavy and like emotionally, you know, um, you know, driving in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's behind the beat a little bit, and then for the slower stuff, it could just be heartbreaking mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and there's both that's so i'd say yeah, it's harder uh, for sure um you know the, the reverend sean amos stuff i think was you know it, it, it was born out of those albums were largely born out of a 1950s you know blues tradition right yeah. muddy waters howling wolf and, and so that stuff is like it, it swings it, it's jump and it, it, it's small you know it, it, it's smaller sounding and it, it's music that's meant for clubs you know mm-hmm. um you know this is music that's meant for bigger stages um, it, it's, it's music that, that has more open space. It's expansive. Um, when it, when it, when it rocks, it rocks harder when it, when it's, when it's, um, when it's, you know, sort of, uh, you know, more introspective, it, it gets a little more jazzier because we can sort of express ourselves in you know, different ways without sort of, you know, these hearing district sort of Would- loose form in a, in a blues ballad or something. Would you say that the doctor is sort of the, uh, blues center? 
Is he the one that sort of uh, guides the more bluesy feel? Of, that's of the fair. Songs? I think that's fair. I, I, think, it's, I, I think I think him and, and my harmonica. Yeah. When I'm playing harmonica, yeah. I, I, I'm firmly a you know a blues harp player. Right. Right. Um, and, and and not like in a hot shot, you know, hot rod way. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of the harmonica playing on this album is, you know, we released a single uh, a couple weeks ago called Counting Down the Days. Right, right. And, you know, there's a harp, there's a harp solo on that. It's a pretty screaming solo, but there's not a lot of notes. You mm-hmm. know, I, I never play a ton of notes. Um, but it, it's unmistakably, you know, a blues harp solo. Yeah. Um, and, and I said, I said the doctor's that way too. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's fair. It's right. funny, you know, when I first met the doctor, I told him, you know, my, my charge, Jim, was you got to pretend like no other guitarists have ever existed beyond Hubert what? Sumlin. Like, you got to <laughs> pretend it's like 19, you got to pretend it's 1958. You know? Yeah. Like, like the world has not moved beyond 1958. Nice. And so uh, that's really what he mastered on, on these earlier, uh, you know, Reverend albums. And yeah. I think on this one, he is, he has um, progressed his sound for sure. Uh, and he's, he, and he's been let out of his Hubert Sumlin box <laughs> to, to do a, uh, to do some other stuff, but yes, it, it is all still in this sort of, uh, you know, sort of, um, you know, reverential, yeah. you know, blues realm. But but a lot of the writing, man, yeah, I mean, there, there's the, the songwriting is, is it's different. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's just stuff that is, uh, you know, we it, well, well, it's t- different. Well, talk, <laughs> talking about that as far as 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 the brotherhood, I remember our last conversation about uh, Reverend Sean Amos breaks it down. You said uh, up to that point it was sort of your proudest creation, and I mean this is sort of a uh, uh, sort of, I, I guess, softball question. But do you think this new album? Are are you more excited or, or more impressed by what you guys have done as a collective? Are you more excited to show this off? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, th- I think it's the best. Um, it, 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 it's the best songwriting I've ever done. Nice. I'm, I'm really really proud of the songwriting very nice um the fact the fact that the doctor and i have been able to write so much material together and you know down the line he wrote you know music and i wrote you know words yeah it, it really allowed me to get uh much much deeper into um lyric writing and, nice. and, and just to really sort of sculpt lyrics in a way that i i've not done so before i'm not I, i've never sort of paid so much close attention to lyrics in my <laughs> life that i you have on the side I'm, I'm really proud of that um and i'm proud yeah it, it's also it's like a testament to what happens when you share space you know what I, mean? yeah. I, I think you know i i think any any solo artist um you know is a bit of a control freak and you kind of happy and 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 it is it's a challenge to share space and i really wanted to share space and, and um and so what would come out of this is something that could not have existed had i um been determined to control every aspect of it mm-hmm. and, and and so by coming together and just i played my part you know i wrote lyrics there's a couple songs i've wrote everything um but by and large you know, i wrote lyrics i sang i played harp and you know and i let everyone else sort of contribute their pieces nice and um and and, and that this thing uh couldn't exist otherwise well speaking on the the album uh as far as those lyrics uh in the last album you had a bit of a there there was a political activism social activism sort of uh you you said you were you were inspired by 1960s freedom songs uh would you say that's still here on this album Hmm. less so less overtly 
less overtly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny. I, I I think my writing as as, as a blues writer, mm-hmm. it's been this constant evolution towards. You know, like finding my own voice as a writer. You know, we, we, first thing I did was this EP called Tells It, which, which was largely covers. I think there's only like two originals on it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I was just having fun playing these songs I just rediscovered. You know? Yeah. You know, you know, rediscovered Junior Wells songs and, 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 and little Walter songs, what have you. And then, and then, and then the Loves You album was me trying to write songs like those songs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to write a song. Like a Muddy Water song. I mm-hmm. want to write a song like a you know Elmore James song, and so I was trying to sort of you know add add my own uh, works to this sort of great American blues catalog. Yeah, and maybe maybe twenty years from now, thirty years from now, someone might you know pull you know Boogie or or, or uh, Hollywood blues out of you know the hat, just like they yeah. pulled you know the world's gone or something. Uh, and and then by breaks it down, you know, I, I was beginning to find my own voice in response to what's been going on in this country and what continues to go on in this country. Yeah. Uh, and, and my concern and my concern about that. But at the same time, I was also, I wanted to write like, you know, my version of, uh, you know, staple singer song, you know, <laughs> my, yeah. my version of, you know, a protest song. So there's still even there a, a little bit of, you know, aping in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with this album, you know, it, it, it's wholly its own thing. Yeah. You know? there, there, there was never a conversation about, Oh, let's make you know a song like this, you know, or yeah. let's you know let's let's evoke this. It was it was all the conversations were about you know our own world, like what's, right. what's the world that we want to create, and that that's a first. And I think that um, and and lyrically, it's probably the most personal album I've made. Um, so it's 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 the most personal album I've made. You know, as, as, a, as a blues artist, yeah. Um, some people may know I had a sort of a singer songwriter career beforehand, yeah. Um, and, and, a lot, and a lot of those older albums had uh, some fairly autobiographical stuff in it. Um, I wouldn't go so far as say that this is an autobiographical album. It's not, but there's definitely, you know, I, I allowed myself to be vulnerable in a way that I had not mm. on the other blues albums, uh, and I also allowed myself to sort of like dip into my singer songwriter path. I mean, there's songs on the album that. You know, owe themselves more to an Americana, you know, roots sort of space than a blues space. Nice. Um, so, I, you know, the album the album's a little more eclectic than um, that I would have allowed it. You know, the past albums to have been. Yeah. Well, so you created this space. You guys made the album in uh, Wimberley, Texas, uh, at Blue yeah. Blue Rock Studio, which is sort of is that outskirts of Austin, in between San Antonio and Austin. Uh, very popular Correct. studio uh, a group we've had on the, the show a couple times Band of Heathens who likes to record yeah. there bunch of Austin mm-hmm. groups go there so how did you decide on Blues Rock? You know I um, so I recently relocated to Texas um, oh, okay. and, um, and uh, I, I got divorced and, and so um, my, my kids are in Texas and I wanted to be near my kids mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um and, and, and the transition has been difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and for 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 a number of an of LA reasons. man and in, so, in Texas. Yeah, it's a trip, man. And, and and there's been things about that have been unexpectedly really uh, you know beautiful, and there's been things about that have been predictably really difficult. <laughs> and you know, uh, a, a year into it, I yeah, I, I spent a bit of, of time 
just sort of resisting the fact that I was there and not admitting it. I'm on the road a lot. I'm touring. So it kind yeah. of felt like I hadn't really even moved there because I kind of live on my suitcase a lot. Um, but there was a moment where I'm like, I, I, I live here. I don't know anyone here. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not um, opening myself up to this place. And, yeah. I, and I need to, you know, I, I need to find a way to do that. And so making an album seemed like the most obvious starting point. You know, we talked about going to LA to record. We talked about at one point maybe coming to Europe and record. Mm-hmm. Maybe going to New York. I mean, we could record anywhere we wanted to record. Um, and I felt, hey, man, you know, if we do it here, it, at least it, 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 it gets my it begins the process of me, you know, creating some roots here. Yeah. And it, and it will, and a lot of the songs are, I mean, it's not like a, it's not, it's not a Texas album, but you know, a lot of the songwriting was informed by, you know, a lot of transitions in my life, uh, yeah. including being in Texas. And so it just felt like I should be singing about this stuff in the place where, you know, the songs were born. Nice. Uh, and what happened was uh, an engineer friend of ours, Chris Bell, uh, just some engineering. I, I just called around to friends. I'm like, you know, what do you like? You know, what places do you like in Texas? Yeah. Um, Chris Bell uh, referred this place to me, and it felt, you know, it, 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 it was it's off the grid enough where you could really not be distracted. Yeah. And, and we didn't want to be distracted. Yeah. You know, it was another reason why we didn't go to LA. We didn't want to like go to the studio during the day and then at night go out, you know, and go to clubs and go to restaurants and see old friends. Right. And, you know, maybe stay out too late and be late in the studio the next day. We really <laughs> wanted to just be focused on making music. Yeah. Uh, and so Wimberley and Blue Rock allowed us to, you know, isolate ourselves. Um, it is actually a, a part of Texas. I really find beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, had I, had I not been living in Texas, you know, I probably still would have gone there. And now having been there, I could see myself spending more time there. It's in Texas Hill country. And it's just, it's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. Genuinely a beautiful part of the world. Um, and the rolling hills and this huge sky. The album's called Blue Sky. And you know, there's just this big blue sky. And yes. you know, it, it just feels, it feels like possibility. Nice. You know, the whole place feels like, like, like possibility. And that was really... Um, needed yeah and so the the album you know texas even if it's not texas album texas and blue rock sort of you know are a central character yeah <laughs> in, in the album for sure yeah and they're, and they're, and, they're, and a central character in the uh, we have a lyric video out for uh carrying down the days yeah and uh that the lyric video is just basically a big drone shot this looking band. down yeah. on, 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 on on the landscape and that is Wimberley. it's just you know, the you know, you're just looking at Wimberley, and then the very end of the lyric video sort of the drone sort of uh tilts up and you see me standing and I'm standing um, on the edge of the Blue Rock uh, property. Nice. Well, uh, on the show, we know you're a donut what? lover. Um, <laughs> especially devil food cake. That's what we found out. That's your, oh that's my your favorite. God. Did you find that is the way to my heart, brother? Did you find a good spot in Wembley? Do you have a Do you have a donut spot? Was there a donut spot? I didn't find a place in Wembley, but I got to. I found a great place in Texas. In general, okay, there okay, is an amazing donut shop uh, of all places, Frisco, Texas. And actually, mm. the, the first line of the single uh, was yeah. "Down the Day of Finally, Frisco, Texas." Yeah, in Frisco, Texas. There's a donut shop called Detour Donuts mm. uh, that's run by this woman named Jenny Cho, and she makes some donuts that right. I found to play literally like, it was, it was like, I was like a week into Texas, and what I had to do before anything else is find a donut shop. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and so, she's literally, so Detour is literally one of the first joints I, I, I rolled into, and uh, 
she makes a, a killer devil food. Unfortunately, she only makes, I'm not even sure why, she makes it seasonally. So mm. she, she stops, she, cha- she changes up her you know, donuts like every you know, few months or whatever. Got to keep it and fresh. So, um, I like she, it. She, yeah, exactly. So she changed up, so there's no devil food currently. Um, but she's got a great devil food and a good, really um, sort of inventive uh, bunch of donuts. She's, nice. So that, that, that's been my... Uh, my, my donut uh, life raft. <laughs> well, I did. I, I noticed you did get some good food though in Wimberley. You went to the Leaning Pear. I saw on Instagram. Oh my god, man! That place, farm to table restaurant, yes. amazing. Yeah, so a chicken and grits, and it came out in the skillet, looking looking real good. Yeah, there. looking real good. Yeah, that's insane. That was an insane well, restaurant. That, that's and then the good barbecue. I, I actually, I, I've since stopped eating. Uh, I'm only eating fish, or I become a pescatarian. So, mm. um, but we I, we made the album. I was still eating chicken, and uh, we had some really good barbecue too. And, I mean, Texas barbecue. How can you? you well, on the topic of food, actually, I noticed a couple of months ago, uh, you were at the Lost Kitchen uh, in in Maine uh, with Chef yeah. Aaron French. Now. Uh, for for the listeners out there that don't know, I didn't know this because I saw the, I saw the post and I was like, "Oh, what's the Lost Kitchen?" And I started looking into it and I was like, "Well, this is like the most exclusive thing I've ever heard of." She only yeah. she only takes written invitations for like two weeks out of the whole year. What? And in 2018, yeah, she got like twenty five thousand in two weeks. It's crazy. How good yeah. is that place? Yeah. So um so. Aaron is married to my best friend oh. uh, named Michael Dutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael and I were college roommates, and we're, we're best friends to this day. Very nice. And I officiated their wedding. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, I, I, I've officiated, I think, six weddings, and, uh, and Michael and Aaron's was one of the weddings I officiated. Very nice. And uh, they live up in, in Freedom, Maine, this little town, uh, a little bit north of Augusta, Maine. Uh, near Belfast, mm-hmm. and, and a beautiful sort of you know 1700s farmhouse, and she's yeah, she has an amazing story. I won't get into it now, but Erin is just has a phenomenal story. She, she does. She is. I. Uh, I she is a. She is a just an inspiration. I read um, about it. I read several place. articles. I got derailed. I was you know I was looking at all this. I looked, <laughs> I looked at your post, and then I started looking at, at the Lost Kitchen and her story and how she got into cooking and where she went Maybe. i was just like man whoa wow i yeah i, I yeah. sort of she want to interview both of she them is. now i want to interview both. well i'm happy i'm happy to make the introduction but uh she she's phenomenal and she opened this restaurant where she just want you know she she's made such a commitment to only doing things she wants to do and only doing things that 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 fit her you know her lifestyle yeah and so um she didn't want to she didn't want to have a restaurant run her she wanted to run a restaurant yeah the way she could do that was saying okay if you want to get in we'll open up reservations for two weeks and you got to handwrite a letter or a postcard and yeah. we'll pick them out of a hat and that's that that's that's their season and they, Man. they're open from like you know may may until september october whatever it is and so she closes the rest of the year and she's become the sort of celeb so we went up, I, I go up there a couple times a year to hang out with them and, what, uh, what, what did and, you and, eat uh, when you were there it's a fixed menu every night. It's, it's, it's really what's like. It's like it's like a big dinner party. Yeah, there's, there's 50 people in, in the restaurant, and it's like it's like a big dinner party. And mm. so it's fixed menu. She comes out and says hello to everybody, and talks about you know the food and where it's from. Everything's grown locally around the neighborhood. And, um, you know, the whole staff is all they're all women who all have you know beautiful stories themselves. Yeah. And, um, 
and and it's uh, what did I have? God, kids, it's a while ago. <laughs> I mean, the one the, the thing I remember, she made this amazing uh, fresh sorbet, which is mm. insane. Um, some lemon sorbet, but I'm trying to think what, what was the name. She gave me because like I have so many dietary restrictions that she's doing <laughs> crap. So she so she 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 bit for me a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> well, you, you, when 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 you're uh, foraging, when you're going off of what you have there and what you're trying to make seasonal, it does make it a little bit harder to to go to people's dietary totally. restrictions but uh i was yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was, she helped me out i was surprised she i looked on the the website and i was like oh she takes credit card i thought i thought for sure with all of those things <laughs> no, she, she's not like off the grid entirely she, <laughs> I, I thought she'd because i've been to so many places like that that are super popular and then you're like get ready to pay and they're like uh oh, we only take cash and like what yeah no, it's no, not no, an no. atm around here for 200 <laughs> miles but uh anyway yeah. it was really beautiful about the place What's really beautiful about the place, I'll say, Dan, and it's similar to like you know, a, a concert. We keep talking about doing a show up there, like a, either in the restaurant or in their barn. Oh, that'd, be, that'd but, be cool. But that'd... what's beautiful about that place, it's, it's not like a concert, is that you, you meet these people who are just, because people, you got to really want to go there. You know, yeah. it's, it's like in the oh, middle yeah. of nowhere, Maine. Yeah, you've written a postcard. You've got media. <laughs> you know, so it, 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 it's generally like someone's made it a part of their vacation. You know, or, or you know, a road trip, or whatever. So, when you get there, and, and some of the tables are community tables, and some aren't, but everyone sort of is like, everyone really wants to be there, right? And so you have these conversations, and, and and you meet people in a way that is is not the same way you meet people in a restaurant, and it, it is similar to the way you meet people, you know, at a concert, yeah, a festival, and you know, everyone's going there to hear music, and the way that music binds people together particularly in a live environment uh it's very similar to lost kitchen it's really beautiful communal experience it reminded me a lot there's a place in savannah uh called mrs wilkes kitchen um and she Mm -hmm. she sort of she does she does it obviously year round there's not as many like restrictions obviously it's in in savannah so it's not really off the the beaten path but at the same time right. there's only so many people that get in during a day there's community tables like that there's a fixed menu yeah. you don't and like so there is this like you're all like oh where are you from why did you come oh my god have you heard yeah, of this before exactly. they're doing this yeah they're bringing this in this time so yeah it's it it seems like quite a quite a festival an event. I was. I was. Very- yeah, we need. I mean, we need that more. We need that more, man. I mean, it's like we, we need these, you know, small reminders that we are, uh, that we are in it together. Yeah. It's, it's just there's so much stuff that is, you know, pulling us apart, you know, daily, hourly, mm-hmm. um, and then to have these little moments where we can just like share space is really really critical well that that goes along with your music we'll get back to it now that i've derailed for 10 minutes about <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's important stuff food uh, <laughs> food and music baby that's true it's two things two things that can bring people together for sure um amen uh but counting down the days like you said was is the first single it has been released it was released on the 24th yep. there of october How's how, how's the response been so far, and why? I mean, I'm guessing you had multiple songs finished at that point. Why did you choose Counting Down the Days? Hmm. The response has been really tremendous and, and, and really welcoming. Um, I, the reason why we picked the single is the same reason why I was a little nervous about the response, which is that that is... Um, 
you know, from the first, you know, riff, opening guitar riff of the Doctors, it's really clear it's not uh, your normal Reverend Sean Amos yeah. recording. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 it is a very, um, uh, you know, grabby by the throat and sort of take no prisoners, you know, song. Um, and I sing really hard, and and the beat is strong. There's a drum machine Feel, at the top of the thing. Feels like um, it's building is, the know, whole time. You, you have this building yeah, feel it, it, to it. it, it, it yeah, and, and it never sort of lets up. You yeah, know? It, it just sort of like it, it, it starts like it, you know, eight, and it goes to ten, and <laughs> it just sort of never lets up. And, yeah. and um and so I just felt like, you know, if, if there's any doubt as to how this is going to be a different experience, this song embodies that. And so um, I, I wanted to just make it really clear. You know, nice. this is, you know, this, this, this isn't just sort of like an excuse to call, you know, a band, you know, an excuse to have a band name, but it's really it's the same old kind of thing. Nice. Um, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out there and say you're a band and you know call yourself the Brotherhood, there better be sort of a real reason for doing that. <laughs> the song. Yeah sort of like, you know, shows that reason. At the same time, you know, for, for folks who like moves and, and sort of like our, you know, more jump swing blue stuff, uh, I, I I was hoping that they would come along, you know, for the ride here. And, and so far they are. And awesome. I, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the lyric video for it, which came out as well just a, a couple weeks ago, week ago. Um yeah. You you came up with that with a trip uh, with your son Ellis, and uh, you know yeah. you, you talked it through. And I know we asked. I asked the last show if you thought he was headed towards the music business, and you said no. Does it was this just more of an emotion thing here, or did you see some lyrical side to it? Was he inspired as far as the lyrical side, or was it just more of a uh, you know? The answer still no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my, my, my son just turned 14 yeah. and, um, you know, 14 is a tough age you know, oh, yeah. for, for a boy mm-hmm. and, 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 um, and you know, he's, uh, you know, he's gone through a move and he's gone through, you know, his mom and dad getting divorced and, um, you know, and, and, and he and I are, are, uh, continually, you know, working on our relationship yeah. you know, and, 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 and trying to find space that we can share together where we, where we can, you know, understand each other better. And so he actually asked me, he knew I was going down to Wimberley uh, to do uh, a little more recording to finish up the record. And I was going to do this lyric video. Um, and he asked to come with me. He wanted to, he wanted to go on a road trip. Yeah. And I think, yeah, he may have wanted to get, get out of school for the day, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but, but whatever it takes, you know? And so we, uh, we, we made this ride and, um, and it was, it was a beautiful day, you know, nice. talk about a lot of stuff. And I got, and I got to sort of talk about, the song and what the song meant to me and what making music meant to me. He's sort of coming to an age right now where he's starting to get curious about what his dad does. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I think, I think it's partly, you know, out of any curiosity a kid has, but it's also like, well, you know, this thing takes you away from home a lot. Like I'm, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, 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 you know, why are you leaving home? And right. what do you do when you go away from home? And, and I think he's wanting to demystify that a little bit, understand it. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that. And so, um, so we had to stay together and he, you know, we were in the studio, uh, Ruthie Foster, uh, sings a song on the album. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we went down to Blue Rock to record her vocal. And so, uh, you know, he got to see that and hang out with Ruthie and be part of that recording session. And then we did the lyrics video and, and he just saw, you know, his dad at work. Yeah, and uh, and that was really and that was good for both of us. And then on the ride back, um, 
I asked him if he actually would write the lyrics out for the for the for the video, and he, and he agreed to do that for me. Um, and so and so uh, the, the lyrics you see in the video are his handwritten. Could, lyrics. Could, couldn't um, get him to so do I the thought, artistic work like you wanted the last time, but you got you got lyrics this time. It's a slow progress. Yeah, I got lyrics out of him. It's a slow exactly. So I'll, I'll, I'll count it as a double. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe a single or double. Uh, I've uh, I've noticed uh, since since you've been playing regularly with the Brotherhood, you you've opted mm-hmm. sort of for the the beard look. Mm. Uh, think it's, it, <laughs> I, 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 I think I think it's a good look. Are you gonna uh, you gonna keep it going? Do you think you're gonna keep? Is that is that part of the Brotherhood? You got to come in with the beard. That, that predated the brother. I think it predated. But so I, I, um, I've had the beard now for a little over a year, mm-hmm. um, and I actually grew it out in Tokyo uh, around this time last year mm-hmm. uh, when I grew it. And and I and I tried to grow beards in the past. I sort of never got past that itchy phase. I, I just <laughs> never really saw myself. Um, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's you near know, the the Tokyo air or the Tokyo water or whatever. But you know, I, I got this beard and good I came growing back. fuel. It, 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 yeah, exactly, and uh, and it's funny. It's like one of these things where it's it sort of like simultaneously age ages me and makes me feel younger, younger in a way. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I, and, I've I've been yeah, in that yeah. phase ever since I've had a beard. It makes you feel older and it makes you feel younger at the same time. You're like, this is weird. yeah. It's a trip. It, it's a cycle. It, it, it's it, it's it's sort of similar to wearing the suit, you know. Like I, I I've worn suits for a very long time. Yeah. And I wear suits on stage, and a lot of people are like, God, oh, how can you wear suit on stage? And how can you wear suit? Yeah, I'll go out to dinner and I'll wear. Suit. I like wearing suits. I fly on planes, and I wear a suit on the plane. Yeah. And you know, flight attendant, flight attendants will look at me going, Oh my gosh, I, we never see people dress up on the plane. They wear sweats. And, and so I, I I like to feel like I'm showing up. Yeah, uh, and so uh, the beard sort of helps in that regard, and it feels, uh, yeah, it, it feels good. It feels good. And, <laughs> a, and, uh, a suit for my, your face. My kids give. Yeah, it's a suit for my face. And the kid, my kids give it a thumbs up. So I figure if it passes their test, that's that's I must be doing something right. Nice, I like it. It gives a sophistication to the brotherhood. I like it. Like yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, right now you are in uh, Europe. Uh, you're in between your. Uh, you're about to finish up your 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 Spain side of the tour. You're doing Sweden and Spain. Uh, you seem to like. Yeah. To, you seem to like to do a lot of Europe shows. And I mean, obviously, knowing that the uh, two two parts of the Brotherhood are uh, in Europe uh, would obviously help um, doing shows there. What's your favorite thing about playing? Europe in general. Hmm. Yeah, I love Europe, man. We, we, we're here two or three times a year, and um, I, I just there is their connection. Not, not just the music, but I mean, you know, their connection to blues is really deep. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it is a genre of music that gets greater sort of cross the board support here than it does in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for it, 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 it just. Um, you know, on, 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 it's considered a, a great cultural contribution, but um, and it is a great and it is a great cultural contribution. But uh, so many in America have sort of forgotten about it, and, and it's such a sort of a niche, almost like you know, fringe, archaic music in the states. Yeah, well, um, well, no and, offense and, 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 and to the, the the American listeners, but I always hear from musicians across the board, not just blues, but. 
it seems like European listeners dissect it more. They appreciate. It. They they want to take in the music, and they 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 think about it. They feel it. They just yeah you know, yeah. It's it's not just, just the, a reference. Yeah, there's a re- there's a reference for it. You know, and 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 there's and there's a really great appreciation for it. And and then and then beyond just the gigs themselves, you, know, you spend time here, and you know they're. Yeah, like, like celebrity culture. Like this is a place where celebrity culture doesn't have such a stranglehold over society as it does in the U.S. Yeah, yeah and, and, and 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 then the U.S. is very much, um, you know, uh, enamored with celebrity culture. Yeah, it takes up a lot of oxygen. Yeah, and, and it takes up a lot of space. And um, you, know, you come here, and you know, there's some exceptions, but by and large, you, know, you spend time in most European countries. And there is not this sort of, uh, you know, fascination and obsession with celebrity culture. Yeah. Um, and, and the conversations are about art and about music and about sort of, you know, the the the, the sort of what, what is the cultural value that music brings to the table versus the economic value or or the, or the sort of you know star value. Pardon my French. You can, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. But that's sort of it. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like the you know, music in America. By and large, is tied, you know, to commerce, to entertainment, to celebrity. Yeah, and those are the markers by which it's judged. Yeah, and and music, you know, in Europe, by and large, is tied to something uh, of, of sort of uh, greater import. You know, which is sort of the, the emotional and cultural um, and artistic, you know, value. You know, it, it brings to someone's life. But it's it's, uh, it's always so, interesting. I mean, you know, we've had we've had blues guests, we've had rock guest, country guest on the show, and there are certain ones that, you know, and it's like you said, there's there's no there's no popularity contest that transfers over. When they go to Europe, yeah. it seems they just, you know, they listen to it, and if they value what they hear, they support those artists. So we have these artists exactly. that have been on the show that don't have a huge following in America, but like for instance, like Doug Seeger's country artist, he's not really known at all in America. And in Sweden, mm-hmm. that he's listened to everywhere. Everybody loves right. him in Sweden. Right. And, and and it's not, you know, and that's the thing is it wasn't it wasn't, oh, he's popular. We should like him. It was, wow, his music's great. We want to hear him. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. They by and large can't be duped into liking something just based upon its sort of, you know, um you know, commercial, you know, uh, bribery, yeah. you know, or blackmail. Yeah. You know, I mean, not, not saying like, I mean, I'm in Sweden, you know, we're in Sweden and, uh, you know, there's, there's pop, there's pop radio everywhere. And clearly, you know, pop music and hip hop and, you know, are still the great American exports. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not to say, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, you know, living in a fancy land, but <laughs> it, it's, uh, 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 but other things can coexist alongside yeah. things here. Whereas in America, it, it's a little bit harder for those things to coexist. At a, at a level where you can also just sort of, you know, sustain yourself as an artist too. Yeah, um, definitely. And so, um, and so it, it's been quite, uh, yeah, it's it's really lovely being here. And uh, nice. And, and you know, and you get that you get that in pockets in the states for sure. You know, but um, you got you got to fight maybe a little bit harder. You have to find it in, in, in the states. Uh, well, you know, we'll find it in Florida on Sunday. You know, Punta Gorda. And, I was about you know, we'll, to say, and we'll we find it. Yeah, we we have yeah we clear up our audience there, and I'm grateful for all of them, and we play lots of shows where. You know the, the blues is alive and well, but uh, I, I think uh, you know we. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we've got part of the blues congregation over in Europe to 
to, to pay attention to us as well. Yeah, well, you like you said, you'll be down this weekend in uh, Punta Gorda uh, at the uh, Mindy A Bear Wine and Music Festival, and that will be as, yeah. that will be as yourself. You will just be performing. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm all myself. <laughs> yeah, but the, the brother, the, the, the Dr. Roberts will be with me. We're, we're literally flying, you know, from Madrid to Florida. Nice. Um, so, Long you know, trip. Our, our last show. Yeah, our last show is uh, Friday um, in, in Spain, and then we'll we'll uh, be ready, you know, Sunday morning uh, for Mendy's thing. So the doctor will be with me, but uh, Brady and CT will, will, will uh, unfortunately not be able to join us. But we've got a uh, Rod Bland with us, who's you know, Bobby Blue Bland's kid, mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, play, plays us all the time, great drummer, and he'll be flying down from Memphis. Uh, and then Barbara Shuka, who's uh, uh, been playing with us for a while from uh, Brazil, but lives in Los Angeles. We'll, we'll, uh, hold down the bass chair so it, uh, Great. It, it's all familiar familiar folks on stage for sure now last big question do you have a release date for the new album early 2020 i can't give you a, a exact one yet uh we'll have one probably in a matter of weeks but uh awesome. I, I can say it's gonna be you know early 2020 so they need hopefully to... we'll get one more single out for them listeners need to keep an eye out on the on the website and on social media see when it when you list it right yeah, awesome. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, Rev, I want to thank you for taking the time coming on and talk to us oh, again. Oh, thank you, brother. Yeah, man. It's I always great. love speaking with you, man. Thank, thank you for bringing me back, and uh, we gotta go grab some, uh, grab a good meal soon. Of course, maybe Lost Kitchen. Maybe, <laughs> maybe work our way up there. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know people. I know people. <laughs> uh, listeners, make sure you make it down to Punta Gorda if you can, if you're in the area. If you can't, uh, make sure you keep up with him on uh, SeanAmos.com or follow him on Instagram and all your other social media. Right now, let's take a listen to that new single, Counting Down the Days. This is Rev Amos and the Brotherhood right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Reverend Sean Amos, and that was the Brotherhood with him on that song. The Brotherhood. Yeah, man. Brady Blades giving us the backbeat there. Chris Thompson on the on the bass. The Doctor okay. on the guitar. Giving Let's us go, the, dude. Giving us the business, man. That's right. And uh, I'm fired up about the new album coming out in 2020. Uh, listeners, check it out. It's going to be some hot, hot blues. Hot blues. We got some hot, hot, blues. hot blues coming up on the on the Thanksgiving special, too. I'm about to announce that. It's about to come out Sweet. right after okay. r- right okay. after our third birthday suit, but I'm not going not gonna to let it out yet. Not going to let it out yet, Justin. Um, don't, don't. Hold back. Al- along with that, we need to make a trip, Justin. I know you're busy these days, but we need to make a trip. Lost Kitchen. Me, yeah, you, man, that place Dave. sounds crazy, and it seems like a very, uh, you know, a l- like, dude, only only a few people know about exclusive. it. Exclusive, like, yeah, exclusive. That's the word. Why can't yeah. I think of it? Well, you know, sometimes words are tough. That's that's the, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. They're tough. Anyway, I'm very I'm very much looking forward to to hitting up this lost kitchen. We are and getting lost in the we sauce, are. and we've got an in. We've got we've got Reverend. We got the Reverend Sean yeah, Amos. Yeah, yeah. He's got the end. I mean, he married these folks. Come on. Come on. Let us in. We know you, that guy. You love it. Anyways, thanks to Reverend Sean Amos for being on the show. If you get time, check him out. Go down to Punta Gorda. Check out uh, his performance this weekend. It's going to be a good performance down there at the Mindy A. Bear Wine and Music Festival. So true. Okay, Justin, are you ready? Third birthday suit. Let's go. I'm always born. Okay. Born on November 13th, 1955, in Manhattan, mm. New York. Represent three boroughs, Justin. There's three a lot of boroughs. New Yorks here, huh? Yeah. yeah. Hasn't it been all New Yorks? All New Yorks, and we got three different boroughs on it. It's crazy. Shoot, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, our birthday suit wearer started acting after high school, and she appeared in the movie Citizen... I'm not losing my mind. I'm giving it away. What? This was a film that was released in 1982. But she hit her. What? Yeah. That was the name? Yeah. Citizen, I'm not losing my mind. I'm giving it away. What? It's a film from 1982. Yeah. She uh, hit her big break, though, when she played in the movie The Color Purple as Cecil. Mm. Cecil. Cecil. Uh. She then went on to play in several movies in the 80s and 90s, including Jumpin' Jack Flash, The Telephone, The Long Walk Home, Soap Dish, Sister Act, Sister Act 2, Ghost, and many others. Hmm. In 2007, she took a job doing what she's known for now, which is being a new moderator on the show The View. Is this Whoopi? Yes, it is. Wow, Whoopi. Sister Act. I should have known from Sister Act. I Whoop- Color Purple, too. Well, there you go. Whoopi Goldberg, man. Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg. Yes, Love indeed. Love her dreads. Longtime comedian, man. Longtime comedian. <laughs> Apparently. She's a good one. This, this, is, this is from a couple sources I saw. Apparently, see, she is wasn't... She into nipples, too? She Wait, was what? not originally born as Whoopi. That wasn't her original name. And apparently, it was a nickname from Whoopi Cushion because she would save up her flatulence 
and on stage she would be releasing it right after her stand up uh, stand up routine wow, and people she's holding in farts and, that long huh? and people said you're like a whoopee cushion Jeez. so that that literally and it could be who knows the sources on the Wikipedia page could be completely wrong because I took it from two they sources just fooled on you for there. this week they, they fooled could you for this week but that's what it said I was like that's nuts that's bananas Whoopi Goldberg though man she has had a, a great career yes! good career a lot of good movies she's turning the big six four six four okay. for Whoopi happy birthday Whoopi yeah happy birthday Whoopi now on to the big news Justin was up the upcoming shows now we've got let's a, go man we've got a great show next week we've got miss you fantastic pop band from uh from new york their lead singer blaze is coming on the show he's got a crazy story he grew up in alaska in a commune in alaska what and then he just like oh, wow. tra- traveled all over the country like he lived in all these different cities and all kinds of different states, and then he finally settled in New York to make his music career, and now that's what they're doing. It's pretty crazy, man. And we're gonna have him on the show. Very excited about that. It's gonna be good. And then, of course, the Thanksgiving special. Yes, indeed. Let's go. Thanksgiving special. Here's our guest, Keb Mo. That is right, Keb Mo, the blues artist. Four-time Grammy-winning blues artist on our show. That's right. Four-time. dude. I I know I say I don't I don't think I say this enough, man. You kill it. You you're killing it with, with the guests every time, dude. I I blame it on their publicists. Wait, what? They don't actually do what? their research to find out that nobody listens to our show. So they're just like, like, yeah, it sounds good. Let's go ahead. Sign this person up. Oh, I signed him up for a show that nobody listens to. That's a shame. I'm kidding, listeners. You're out there listening right now, and we appreciate it. And you're going to have a good time listening to our Thanksgiving special because Keb Moe is coming on the show. Four-time Grammy-winning blues artist. That's right. And... He knows some of uh he, he hangs with some of our former guests. He he hangs out with Reverend Sean Amos. Yes! He hangs out mm. also with G Love. Yes! Back in the day, they just made a new single together. Him and G Love made a great single. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about that. It's all coming. It's all coming on the show. I'm very excited, Justin. I'm very excited. But you need to be. It's the end of the show now. I gotta I gotta I gotta take it back down. Gotta cool it back down. I have been your host, guys, Doc G. With Man. me, as always, Justin, Virgin Bat, Evangelista. Great show, as always. Great to be here. Always always a good time. Mm, it is. It is. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.